0: Welcome to the Restaurant Realty in 10, 10 minutes of uncensored straight talk for restaurant entrepreneurs. Weekly, the Restaurant Realty in 10 dives into restaurant operations, facilities, real estate, and investments. Welcome to the Restaurant Realty in 10. Today we're joined by Will Shaw with integrated surroundings to talk about lighting in your restaurants. Will Shaw, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: So listen, Will, I mean, an architect draws out a space or you take over a second generation space. It's got lights everywhere. Seems pretty simple to most people. Why would I need a lighting expert to come in and refine my lighting if it's already in place? Walk me through what integrated surroundings would do in that scenario.
1: Yeah, So typically it's one of the overlooked items in a space, but it's one of the most critical items to creating a comfortable environment. It's a very, very important part of your space. And really to do that properly, it boils down to a couple things. You need to make sure that you have appropriate lighting that has good coverage, that washes the space appropriately, that um, accents your artwork, your finishes, your details, you know, properly. And then, you know, you really want to make sure that your color temperature across the space Matches so a lot of times we go into spaces and you have a recessed can light that is one color temperature. You have a decorative bar light or pendant that's another color temperature. Okay, I've seen that. Right. So if you look across the color spectrum, you know, colors of lighting range from 2,000 degrees Kelvin to around 5,000 degrees. You can go higher, but it's not very common. And typically, you know, like an incandescent bulb that we're all used to seeing is around 2,800 degrees Kelvin. So orange, you know, a nice glow, more appropriate for, you know, nighttime Whereas if you shift up the scale towards 5,000 degrees, it's, you know, a brighter white. So it's okay. more sterile, a little bit, you know, obnoxious maybe in the evening. So really you kind of want to pick an even color temperature for your recess lights, your decorative lights, your task lights. And you want to use that for the entire space. Well, so. if I'm
0: a restaurant owner, I say, well, you know, I've got a dimmer switch on these, you know, right. because obviously at lunchtime, typically your lighting is a little bit brighter than maybe in the evening. And that's one of the things that my wife really does not like is when we go into a restaurant at night and it's too bright, right? So what would you tell a restaurant owner who says, well, hey, I've got a dimmer switch. What so, are they
1: missing? Well, they're missing a lot, actually, because, you know, if you have a can light and it's, you know, 5,000 degrees and really bright white and then you have a pendant that's, you know, 3,000 degrees and kind of orangey, number one, your space doesn't look right, right? Things are out of balance, right? So you want to make sure that you pick a color like, 3,500 to 4,000 is very common. It accents things really nicely. And then you can dim any of those bulbs, right? You know, to kind of convert from a daytime environment to a comfortable nighttime environment. Now, one thing that's becoming really popular is warm dim. And so this is, you know, where you take the same light, right? And it outputs, you know, 4,000 degrees Kelvin during the day, right? So it's nice and bright, looks more like the outside light around you. And then that same bulb... Goes to a different color temperature at night, right? So, as you dim it down, it gets more warm and more like a candle glow, right? Which All is right. what you want, you know, yeah. in a space like that. So, those fixtures are typically more expensive. There's a little bit more behind the scenes as far as how do you dim it, how do you tell it you want it to go to a different color temperature, and things like that. But it truly allows you to use the same light source for day and nighttime without having different things or just dimming the same fixture. If you take a 5,000 degree, you know, bright white fixture, Okay, that may look okay during the day and you just dim it right at night. It's still bright white It's still not appropriate for a nighttime space, right? So that's why warm dim, you know And color shift is really kind of a big deal and really an evolving space within our industry
0: One of the things you had mentioned earlier was accenting artwork, and I find it interesting so some restaurants will pay a lot of money to an architect to create these great little details within the space and yet the lighting does not highlight those awesome features. And so really, the inexpensive, by by contrast, the inexpensive cost of a certain smart can light to accent a great piece that was well thought out by the architect could be the difference between actually seeing something special and not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, light influences you know everything that it touches, right? And so if you have a traditional can light, you know, the CRI is going to be below 90. So CRI CRI is color rendering index. Okay. And so that's kind of how they measure what colors are affected by the light above it, right? And so the higher the CRI, the more light, the more dimensional, you know, the piece, the better it's going to look underneath it. So like a museum, you know, that's accenting a very high-end piece or an element would have a 97 to 99 CRI fixture above it, right? Okay. So in a restaurant environment, I don't think, you, you know, you'd want to spend that kind of money. But it is, you know, kind of tragic to see a very nice piece of art with a very inexpensive bulb on it that doesn't even cast light properly, may have shadows or scalloping across the piece itself, and you can't really appreciate it. So a little bit of thought either on placement or the type of fixture would really help you showcase those decorative elements in your space.
0: Awesome. So within the restaurant are different spaces. Of course, you have the kitchen, which is always light and bright, the dining room, the restrooms, and the bar. So what differences, at least in the front of the house, between the restaurant and the bar might you see, and then what are you seeing in restrooms, and what are you seeing, of course, inside the kitchen, which I've always seen just big 2 by 4 fluorescent lights, which, of course, are affordable, and they appear to be practical, but
1: what say you? Yes, I mean, it's a good point, you know, and each space has to be treated differently. And typically a kitchen is more task lighting. You need to see what you're doing, you need to see the space. And, you know, big wash lights like the LED, you know, strips that look like the big fluorescents are, are perfectly appropriate for a space like that. But you wouldn't carry that same look into, you know, some of the other areas. So, I mean, really the size of the environment, what you're trying to showcase, the level of light. You know, you really want to work with a lighting designer that can actually take your floor plan Look at those spaces, the bar area, the front of house, all that, and figure out what level of light you need. And so typically, that's measured in candle lumens. Okay. And so a lighting designer would take your plan. They would add in the decorative fixtures, add in the recess lights, add in the task lights, whatever your designer, your architect selected. Pick the color temperature for you. You know, Apply warm dimming if you want something cool like that. And then they would actually factor in how many fixtures do you need in that space or how many recessed lights do you need in that space to create this amount of foot lumens, right? So a typical work surface or a dining table needs about 35 lumens of light to really accurately see your food, you know, see what's around you. Um, You don't want any shadows or big gaps between lighting. You kind of want an even light throughout the space. And then you want decorative items accented above that.
0: So... The last topic that I wanted to ask you about is transitioning from day to evening and how that is done without necessarily manually doing it because, you know, all of a sudden I'm in the middle of a meal and we all see the light go from mm. super bright to, I mean, it's it's a big significant change. Now, after a couple of, couple of minutes, it's no big deal, but just that drasticness as opposed... So it's a shock during a meal, not a bad shock, but just it throws you off balance. How would you do that maybe more subtly and more consistently day in and day out?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you really don't want a manager to have to remember to transition between those time periods, right? So you may say you know, at this time of day, here's when we do it, they may forget, get busy, be dealing with an issue and not be able to do that, right? So next thing you know, it's nighttime outside, your lights are obnoxious inside and it's not the environment you want, right? So typically a lighting system has a built-in astronomical time clock, okay? And just what that means is it knows the time of day, you know, it knows sunset and sunrise for your area and then you can program it to do different things based off of that. So typically in a high-end restaurant, you know, two hours before sunset, we may drop the shades on that side of the building so it filters that light, you know, the heat and the glare coming in that side of the building and makes it comfortable over there, right? But somebody's not having to remember to go hit that button to do that. It's just doing it, okay? Yeah. Same thing for transitioning between day and night. And you can do that instead of a sharp, you know, just grabbing the dimmer and pulling it all the way down systems can actually take them down in certain percentages, right? So you can go in 5% increments where you don't even really notice that sharp change, but all of a sudden, you know, the environment of the space is different and you've reached the same dimming range. You've just done it slower. So it's not abrupt.
0: Yeah. Love it. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thank you, Will Shaw with Integrated Surroundings for coming in. And we look forward to another podcast that we're going to be talking about the system control panel. Thank you for listening to the Restaurant Realty in 10. If you're interested in restaurants, whether operations, facilities, buying, leasing, or investment, the Restaurant Realty in 10 is for you. Please subscribe to this podcast and you can also visit therestaurantrealty.com for show notes, topics, and additional information.